Welcome to another JIMD podcast. Today we're talking about coronavirus and inherited metabolic disease. I'm joined today by Professor Peter Clayton of the Genetics and Genomic Medicine Department at the UCL and Great Ormond Street Institute of Child Health. Good morning, Professor Clayton. Good morning. And we're talking about something that really couldn't be any more recent. It's a communication you've written to the journal about COVID-19 and inborn errors in metabolism. And at the time that we're speaking, it's July 2020. This week, John Hopkins reported the deaths related to COVID-19 disease have just passed 550,000. So this topic is relevant to pretty much everyone right now. So perhaps you could begin by explaining what is an inborn error of metabolism. Now, either disorders of enzymes, which convert one chemical in the body to another, or they're disorders of transporters that move molecules from one compartment to another. So I'll give you an example of uh, each of those. When you have a newborn baby, it gets its heel pricked at a few days of age and spotted onto a card, sent away to a screening centre where they measure phenylalanine. Phenylalanine is one of the amino acids in the diet and it needs to be converted to tyrosine and if you have a disorder called PKU or phenylketonuria you can't do that. Phenylalanine accumulates and leads to damage to the brain, learning difficulties and epilepsy. So that's an example of an enzyme deficiency in Bonaire of metabolism. An example of a transporter deficiency would be glucose transporter 1 deficiency or GLUT1 deficiency where you have normal levels of glucose in the blood, but it can't get into the brain and the brain suffers from lack of that energy fuel and you get seizures and other neurological problems. So those are the two types. And then I want to just talk about a third inborn error of metabolism and that's medium chain acyl-CoA dehydrogenase deficiency or MCAD deficiency. And that's also tested for on the blood spots that get sent away from your baby shortly after birth. And that's a disorder affecting the breakdown of fats. And you need that enzyme uh, when you're fasting and breaking down your fat to produce alternative uh, source of energy to uh, glucose. And the thing about MCAT deficiency is, before we had screening, those children appeared completely normal until the age of about 14 months when they would get a virus infection not eat very well, perhaps uh, vomit, and gradually blood sugar would drop and other partial breakdown products of uh, fat would build up and make them very sick and um, sadly uh, some of them died. So the point about that is that you can have an inborn error of metabolism and appear completely normal until a particular stress uh, requires that step in metabolism to be a bit more active perhaps, and then you can't make that adjustment. And so that's why I'm saying it's not impossible that an impaired activity of a transporter could, under certain situations of stress, become critical and make you unwell. Why might that be relevant in COVID-19 disease? So the idea comes from the first studies of the COVID-19 pandemic in uh, Italy and Spain. And researchers in Italy and Spain and Germany and elsewhere 
conducted a genome-wide association study or GWAS study. And they found that one of the sites on the genome uh, that seems to predict whether you get bad COVID-19 disease is close to a transporter. The gene is SLC6A20, and it codes for a transporter called SIT1, and SIT1 transports proline, hydroxyproline, and glycine. So if you have a complete defect in that enzyme, uh, then uh, you put out more of those amino acids in the urine, and we regard that as an in-one-hour metabolism. But what I'm proposing is maybe it's possible that a lesser degree of malfunction of that particular transporter could give rise to severe COVID-19 disease. Why is that? Well, proline is what we call an osmolite. It's an important uh, constituent of cells in the site where proteins get folded. And um, basically, if you don't have enough proline, you can't fold your proteins normally. Um, so experiments in bacteria, for example, show that if you uh, try to make the bacterium fold a particular protein and it's not doing it very well, then you can give it proline and the proline transporter put up the levels of proline in the cell and lo and behold, it's able to synthesize the um, the protein again. Now, if you can't fold proteins, you get something called the unfolded protein response. And that's thought to be important in the way that we fight infection. Uh, the lymphocytes use it to mount their uh, response to infection. However, we believe that if that gets overactive, you get lymphocytes attacking the body cells, producing cytokines, which encourage inflammation. And so that's rather what seems to be happening in severe COVID-19 infection. You have lymphocytes pouring into the lungs and lots of uh, cytokines being produced. And one of the effective treatments so far is to give dexamethasone, um, which damps down the immune response. So this is just an idea really for the moment, but I think it's one we can start to test by looking at proline levels in the blood, in the urine, and particularly in blood mononuclear cells, which include lymphocytes and monocytes. So I, I just felt it would be nice to put it out there as a hypothesis, which might make people think a little bit differently and perhaps test the idea by doing appropriate measurements. And you, you mentioned proline, but you also said the transporter also transports hydroxyproline and glycine. I, I take it the thought is those aren't the kind of the relevant compounds here, or are they possible um, to? Well, hydroxyproline is even better in some circumstances than proline at encouraging proper protein folding. However, its concentration in plasma is a tenth of that of proline, and we don't know much about intracellular uh, concentration. So I think that's why I've concentrated on proline, really. It's known to be a, an important osmolite in protein folding, and it's present in adequate amounts to perform that function. So.
Since you submitted the correspondence to the journal, I know you've been working on grant applications for research. Is there anything else that's come to light since then? Um, yes, I think I've found more evidence that proline is important um, in lymphocytes. Um, there's some very nice work published in Cell, which shows what happens when naive T cells become activated and um, the proline levels go up quite substantially. Um, probably mostly because it's synthesized from other amino acids such as arginine, but there's also some uptake from the medium, which suggests the possible involvement of a transporter. So I, uh, I think I am accumulating a little more evidence uh, that uh, proline uh, could be important in activated lymphocytes. From what you're saying, obviously it's something that you want to do more work on, but should we be telling people to take proline supplements? Is that something that people should be considering doing? I think we have to be very careful because, um, like I said, some degree of immune response is good for you to eliminate the virus, but an excessive immune response is damaging. So we kind of need to know whether you're in the risk group of getting the cytokine storm and, and the lymphocytes attacking uh, various cells in the body. So I think one might start to think about it at the moment where one might start thinking about dextromethasone, but I certainly don't advocate yet that everybody goes around and takes takes it. So um, we need to do more work, really. Well, thank you so much. I think this is something that it feels like we haven't seen the end of, and I know that with case numbers increasing in the States and their death rate rising again, this is not something that is just going to go away overnight. So I wish you all the best with your research on this, and I um, hope we'll hear know more about this in the future. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for your time. Bye-bye. If you want to read Professor Clayton's article, you can find it on the Journal of Inherited Metabolic Disease website hosted by Wiley. And if you want to hear more from us, find us wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>